Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. As a quick reminder, if you have any questions about theology or any of the things that we cover in the sermons or even what we cover in this podcast, feel free to email askask at isunrise.org and we will be sure to look at those and address any of the questions or comments that you have. Today we are covering the March 19th sermon called Confident Enough to Love. Do you want to talk about the video clip to start out? Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I choose a video clip because it enforces or reinforces the statement that the uh, scripture, the text is dealing with. Uh, but oftentimes I like to show the opposite. And that's what I was doing with this video clip. Uh, the main point I was going after in Confident Enough to Love is the command that Peter gives, which is to love one another deeply or fervently or fully or or to the end. And, um, you know, I guess I could have picked video clips that, that might have demonstrated that, but sometimes you zero in on something by showing what it isn't. And that video clip from Andy Griffith where Floyd and Foley are reminded of an argument from 19 years earlier uh, ends up stirring up the whole town. And so uh, I thought that was a pretty effective way to show what not to do before uh, we looked at what Scripture commanded us to do. Yeah, so Scripture does command us to love one another deeply. Why is that? (laughs) Well, it dawned on me that uh, why does God command us to do something that we should naturally desire to do? And the answer is because we don't naturally desire to do that. You know, I have uh, never had to command you to uh, go get some ice cream for yourself. You know, it's something you naturally are are drawn to. Uh, But uh, loving one another is something we need to be commanded to do and to be reminded of because the enemy would love nothing more than to uh, destroy and to tear apart those relationships especially among believers. And so uh, Peter was encouraging them to uh, stand together and to love one another and through thick and thin. And, um, you know, not let their relationship with each other be circumstantial, be dependent upon, you know, the weather as it, as it would be. But instead, the suffering they were going through, it should even give them more reason to love one another, and stick by one another. You know, one of the things about this sermon, I spent a lot of time looking at the trees. And what I mean by that is looking at each word, breaking it down. It's only four verses and and reading a lot of uh, more technical things. And and I was just really uh, conflicted about it because it was a an example of not being able to see the forest for the trees. And so I backed up and I said, what has loving one another got to do with the the Word of God? Because that's the argument he uses. And it's all where we put our confidence. If, if, we are, um, if we're confident that we are behaving and acting to another person, another person in, in God's family— 
as Jesus would behave toward that person, then even if we're misunderstood, even if we're taken advantage of, the fact of the matter is, if we really believe that God is present in our lives and we are trying to follow him and put our trust in him and in the words he has spoken, then he will work that out. And I've seen that in practical ways time and time again. So uh, I think that's the connection there. We love one another because we do have confidence in Scripture, because while all the other things fade away, that won't fade away. So as part of it, when he brings in the living and enduring Word of God, is part of it that we have this common ground, so we have a common foundation to fall back into? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a a lot of it. I remember when I was in seminary that um, I went to a, an event, and uh, one of my buddies—I'll uh, just use his first name, Billy—was at this event with me, and and we were with other seminarians, and uh, it, it was a event, a denominational event, and Billy was uh, talking with this person, and seemingly a, a believer, a uh, uh, he was a mother. Uh, of a of a young child and Billy and her they they had graduated from the same college and so that was a connection right there but I could tell and Billy could tell by the things she was wearing that she was um, coming from a different perspective than Billy and I was and it was fascinating to me because they would talk about things uh, that they agreed upon and they would trying to say, well, where do we disagree? And they kept coming at subjects. And right before they they would would reach that point, they would both veer off. And so it happened on about three different uh, subjects that they, I should say, disagreed on. And they were trying to find, okay, how can we reduce this to its, uh, a place where we can agree? And it came down to Scripture. And I can remember Billy said, well, for me— the Bible is God's word is authoritative. And then this person responded, oh, no, for me, I'm the authority. And so even though this person was a, a believer, even though this person, uh, we were in the same denomination, Scripture was uh, a point of contention because one person accepted it as authoritative and the other person did not. And and. I think Peter is locking us in to where if we will take his word as enduring, if we will take his word as truth. In fact, he uses the phrase, the, the living and enduring word of God. If we will take that to heart, then, then we should go much further in getting over our differences. I think that's the point he's trying to make, that you have so much in common, so much you're in the same family. Uh, you know, you have the same father that we should be able to look out and love one another deeply because we have that same foundation. So is there anything else from this passage specifically and maybe how it ties into earlier verses that you want to really drive home for this sermon? Well, if we were finishing chapter one, and if someone goes back and reads chapter one, one of the things they'll see is Peter continually brings up that which is fleeting, perishing, versus that which is, is, is precious, which is enduring. He says in this passage that gold and silver are perishing. He says the grass is perishing. 
He says that the blood of Christ is precious. He says that the Word of God is precious. And I think what Peter is doing here is getting his readers to focus on that which is enduring and that which matters and which will last the longest because we are so tempted to focus on those things that scream at us in a moment and that say they are important, but really after just a a short time, really it doesn't matter anymore. And uh, Christ's blood shed for us matters, and God's Word revealed to us, spoken to us matters. And I think that's what he was trying to drive home to those believers. And that would have provided so much encouragement as they were struggling and as they were waiting for uh, the Lord's return. Yeah, thank you for explaining that, especially as we end chapter one and start looking into the rest of the book. This is a good foundation for what we're going to see coming up in the next few chapters. So thank you for breaking that down. And thank you all for listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Sunrise Church.